Hello, and welcome to the Writer's Life mini-podcast. I'm Shervella Campbell, your host. And today I'm speaking with a man who wears several hats exceptionally well, Mr. Rodney Salisbury. He's an actor, singer, author, and voice, co- voice coach. And we'll be discussing his Success Talks podcast and his book, Tongue Twisters and Vocal Warm-Ups. Rodney, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Charvella. Did I pronounce that correctly? You got it. All righty. Yeah. It's a great name. I love the spelling, too. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. So as we begin, can you please tell us about yourself? Well, my name is Rodney Salisbury, as you so eloquently stated. Um, I am a actor, a singer, uh, an author. I'm also a vocal coach, and um, I continue to do voiceovers, and I continue to act. I actually went back to acting. Uh, I am a two-time nominee for the NAACP Image Award for my work on The Bold and the Beautiful, and um, that was the last time that I uh, was in daytime television, and I decided to go back and just recently uh, started doing some more commercials. I've got some things coming up that you'll see out there, uh, one of them being uh, a commercial for Capital One. Uh, And um, I, of course, like I said, I teach. I have a thing called the Consultants Club, which is my chance to teach people that want to learn about voiceover at a reasonable price because it's so expensive to study with people. For instance, I know that I'm actually $300 per half hour. But if you are a member of my consultants club and you join this club, which is a subscription club, uh, you actually can work with me for 30 minutes a month for $89.95. And so those are, yeah, yeah. So those are some of the things that I'm doing. Um, uh, Getting ready to do a second edition of my first book, You Can Bank on Your Voice. Um, I've written three books. The first one was You Can Bank on Your Voice. The second one was Step Up to the Mic. And the one you mentioned, which is doing very well, this is probably my biggest book, my bestseller, Rodney Salisbury's Tongue Twisters and Vocal Warmups. So those are just some of the things that I'm doing. So what motivated your career in acting and voiceover work? Had you always wanted to do this or was it a particular moment which sparked your interest? Well, I grew up in a household that uh, was full of entertainment. My father was a member of a group called the Downbeats, which later became the Elgins on Motown Records. And I grew up in Detroit. So we were always around Motown and the Motown sound and all the things that go go on in Detroit. I would um, sing uh, very early, (laughs) as my parents tell me. At two years old, I would be singing around the house, practicing with my father's various groups. And I went on to high school and uh, started acting in musicals. And I had the lead in three musicals in high school. I was uh, Tony in West Side Story. I was Sky, Sky Masterson in... Uh, Guys and Dows, and Billy Bigelow in Carousel. And I took that on to college, 
where I played um, in a thing called Pearly. So I was the preacher, Pearly Victorious. And um, then I came out to California. I got into a show called Your Arms Too Short to Box with God. It was on a national tour. I of that one, yes. That's right. I joined them in um, Indianapolis. And our last stop on this national tour was in Los Angeles. And so I stayed and started to pursue my on-camera uh, career. It seems like we have similar backgrounds. Uh, just, you mentioned from childhood you always loved performing. I know for me, uh, I grew up very introverted. And I think <laughs> as an adult, as an adult, I think I have been able to kind of cross over a little bit. I can be an introvert. I can be an extrovert, kind of what I need to be. But when I was a kid, um, I kept my nose in books. I love to read. I love to write. And one day, lo and behold, my mother heard me singing. Mm. I was in the closet. I was in the closet, Ronnie, singing a song. Uh -huh. She pulled me out of there and she was like, why did you hide this from me? But I was so shy. And of course, once she discovered I could actually sing, I got stuck in the choir. Oh, good for you. <laughs> so, so I but I can I was mortified at the time, but I can definitely say that I appreciate what she did because it just it helped me to, I think, sprout to grow and to have a love for performing and singing. I understand. Yeah, I definitely understand that. And I can definitely relate. When you got into the choir, were you a soprano or alto? I was labeled a mezzo-soprano. Okay. All right. So I can kind of do a little bit of both, but I think I'm kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. And did you, I know you did the gospel music in the choir, but did you do any uh, R&B, any secular music after that? I, uh, I grew up, my uncle was a DJ, and so I just grew up hearing everything. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Al Green, to this day, is one of my favorites. Marvin Gaye. Mm -hmm. So I'm real big on R&B. Mm -hmm. um, now, sometimes my daughter and I do shows, and we'll sing together, or we'll do, like, um, like we'll do the uh, duets. We like Barbara Streisand songs, Whitney mm -hmm. Houston, stuff like that. So I'm also able to branch out into other genres, but I, I've always had a love for R&B, I think, just because my uncle was, uh, he was such a great DJ, and he played music around the house, so I, I just grew up with that in me. So when you uh, sing with your daughter, I'm sure that you two harmonize, is that correct? Yes, yes. And, and, and let me ask you this, do you stay on your note? Yes. All right. I, I've know. always had an ear for music. Um, uh -huh. This friend of mine asked me, how do you know your beats and how do you know when to come in? And um, I think it has a lot to do with just, you know, like if somebody say they play by ear, like people that are playing a guitar or a mm -hmm. piano and they said that you learn sheet music. I would probably be that person who did not learn the sheet music, but could uh -huh. play it. Exactly. So I just kind of grew up just hearing and knowing what sounded good and, and, you know, whether it was pitching, pacing, I just kind of knew when it felt right. Oh, okay. All right. So I've listened to several episodes of your Success Talks podcast. I mean, it's just filled with such valuable information. And one of the episodes, uh, I think it was 15, I believe, highlighted several tips um, about just taking care of one's voice and, of course, resting the voice. But you mentioned uh, just utilizing proper technique. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Well, what I mean by that is making sure that you're not straining your voice, mm -hmm. that you're not uh, speaking, um, you know, like like on your neck, like like taking the chords and and crashing them together in a like when you do something like this. <clears throat> now, mm -hmm. on on one end, that clears your throat of mucus and things like that. But on the other end, it's actually rubbing the cords together and causing irritation. So you don't want to do that too much. If I started talking to you like this, that would sort of hurt. Okay. Yes. Whereas yeah. if I use my diaphragm, which I always do, and when I speak, uh, if you could see me now, you would see that my stomach is engaged, almost as if I'm holding it in to take a photograph. You know how we do. Um, so I suck the gut in and it supports my voice, right? And then when I speak in terms of technique, I'm speaking out of the mask. So it's, the voice is almost um, passing my neck, if we just think about that, passing my throat and coming from my diaphragm in the stomach area with the stomach mu muscles and coming out of the mask, which is my face, okay? Mm -hmm. And I can feel vibration in my face. I can feel uh, resonating the vibration of my voice like uh, music coming out of speakers, all right? And, but if I'm back here and I'm not using my uh, diaphragm, then I am straining and I'm not supporting. So we have to have proper technique. And the thing that I, that I love about voiceover is that it's analogous to music. And everything that you do to sing, you also do to talk and do voiceovers. And you need to do that to have stamina for long form narration, okay? You need to do that if you're uh, an audiobook reader. You need to make sure that you're supporting yourself because now you're reading uh, long amounts of copy and we have to be able to sustain as much vocal power that we had on page one, on page 100, all mm -hmm. right? If we don't, then things don't sound good, right? And so you wanna make sure that with your proper technique through studying, taking lessons, learning your craft, that you come forth with as much real and natural technique and presentation that doesn't need the enhancement of technology. So now when you do put the enhancement of technology on this voice that is properly delivered, it's much, much better. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Because you're Absolutely. not trying to you're not trying to make something good with technology. You're just improving on something good with technology. So we exactly. have to bring it's like yeah. let go of the auto tune. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Let go of the auto tune, you know, which didn't even exist back when Johnny Mathis and Frank Sinatra, you know, and mm -hmm. Nat King Cole were uh, Aretha Franklin were singing these beautiful notes without the ability to use auto tunes because it, it wasn't around. All right. And you mentioned uh, earlier about just not straining the voice and a great point in the book was about just simply being physically fit. I mean, 
people may just take that for granted or they might not see the correlation between voice and just overall body health. I mean, for me, we, we go back to singing because it's such a great example that goes hand in hand with just, for me, I feel a lot better when my body's on track. I mean, um, breathing, I have exercise, uh, I exercise voice control, I'm holding the longer notes, mm-hmm. I can hit higher ranges when mm-hmm. I know that my body is in tip-top shape. So that definitely resonated with me. There is no doubt about it that a person that is physically fit is going to excel in whatever the profession and especially something where we have to use the voice because it is a muscle. Uh, Just like basketball players warm up, you see them stretching before a game. You have to exercise the muscle. That's where the tongue twisters come in handy. And when I'm done with you, uh, when I'm done with this interview, I'm on my way to the gym. You have to get there. You have to put in the work. You have to do the due diligence. Now, it's hard, and we love food. But isn't it funny how this thing that we love, this food that we love, is so detrimental? You know what I'm saying? On so many levels. All of it. (laughs) Even the so-called healthy stuff. Uh, I think we need to cut down our portions, all right? I think if we cut the portions down, then um, we can do all of it, but don't do so much of all of it. Moderation. There you go. All right, moderation. Uh, But when you feel good and if you think about some of the best times in your life, they have been when you have been at a good weight. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. You know, I think about the late Luther Vandross, you know, sometimes oh, we, w- yeah, we would see a skinny Luther Vandross and he would love that. He'd wear those clothes that he could wear at that time. And he was very happy when he would be on the talk shows mm-hmm. and then he'd be up again. And we all can relate to that. You know, I didn't look at him when he got up. I just said, Luther's up again because it's hard, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But 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 we have to try to find a midpoint. And and one thing that I want to put out there is, you know, if you're going to have the hamburger, don't have the fries, you know, Uh, get up from that table after a helping. Right. And uh, and exercise. I always kind of look at it, too, like um, this friend of mine asked me, um, she said, well, you go to the gym a lot and you run. I'm a runner, too. And she's like, how do you just not do certain things? And I told her, it's just the mindset. Um, there are just certain things that I don't need. Right. If I can go without it, I just go without it. You know, like you mentioned, you don't have to have the fries. You give up something. That's right. Because it's going to be, if you if you take all of it in, of course, it's going to be detrimental to your health. That's just right. give up something. That's right. Just give up something. No doubt about it. You know, one day meat is no good. One day meat is the thing to have. One day chocolate is no good. One day chocolate is great. So, you know, if you're going back and forth, that's why I get into and and the word that I was looking for and you found it for me. That's why I get back into moderation. Um, Mm -hmm. I can do it all if I just don't do so much of it. Makes so much sense. Perfect Mm -hmm. sense. Mm hmm. So you recently released the book, Tongue Twisters and Vocal Warm-Ups, and it's just so practical for anybody that's 
using their voice as a profession, teaching, public speaking, um, reading for commercials and movie trailers. And I like the point it mentioned, you mentioned about, you know, when we're speaking, we use our hands because they denote rhythm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, we, we do denote rhythm and, um, that's a good thing. Uh, gestures help us get points across, but they also trigger things in our voice. Um, again, speaking of voiceover, we're not talking about a visual thing now. And so no one can tell if I'm moving my hands or not, but you can tell it in what you hear. All right. And it's a way to help me communicate. It's a dance. Everything is rhythm. Everything is rhythm. Everything is musical. I hand gesture when I emphasize certain notes. If I'm hitting a high note, my hands go up. Or there if you I'm go. riffing, if I'm riffing a note, my hands right. move around. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes your hands actually draw out the riff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, you're going up, you're going down, and and your hand doesn't stop moving until the riff is over. All right. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes you don't use your hands. But the bottom line is this: it's all about rhythm and hands are a good way to get you in rhythm. So what advice would you give someone who is passionate about, they want to do voiceover work and they just don't know how to get started, or maybe it's someone already doing it. They just want to take it to the next level. Well, I think to take things to the next level, you have to be willing to do your due diligence and stretch, all right, and challenge yourself. Now, if where you are at is making good money and you found a niche or niche that is very profitable to you, why change? But if you are at a, a point where things are just sort of level and you haven't had any peaks lately, then it's time to step on the brakes. I'm sorry, step on the gas and do more, you know, read more copy. Um, Take some lessons, uh, go to a seminar. Maybe it's time for you to travel to one of the voiceover seminars and spend time with um, other voiceover artists so that you can network, okay? And all of these things are on the internet. The internet is a powerful tool. Anything that I want to find out about, anything that I want information on, I can get it right on the internet. So what projects are you currently working on? Yeah, yeah, I'm teaching, I'm working, I work every day by way of Source Connect, by way of ISDN, or just uh, doing a phone patch, meaning the client can hear me on my iPhone, and then I record the session on my side and I upload it to the client. So that's how I work, and I do various uh, products, and like I said, I I'm back on camera, so I'm auditioning for uh, different things, and um, I'm just always creating. You know, I'm I'm always creating and and creating material and uh, working on the second edition of You Can Bank on Your Voice and living and loving life. I, I also have uh, I finished my Christmas album, so now we're working on the cover and. 
promotions that will be coming up around the time that Christmas promotions start. So do look for that album. Um, and that's it. You're certainly a busy guy, which is oh, a good yeah. thing. I, I yes. love staying busy, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Rodney. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And everyone, please check out Rodney's Success Talk podcast on iTunes. His book, Tongue Twisters and Vocal Warm-Ups, is available on his site, rodneysalsberry.com, and social media at Raw Talks. So thank you once again, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Until next time, take care. <laughs>